welcome to another episode of Ace Outline Tennis Podcast. This is your co-host, Alex Rector, with you, my fellow co-host, Matthew Failer. With the host, Matthew oh. Failer. You are the co-host, just remember that. Anyway. My apologies. Alex, as always, it's great to be here. And let me just start out uh, reminding all of our fans out there that you can follow us on Twitter at AceOutWidePC. You can also email us at Gmail at AceOutWidePodcast at gmail.com with any questions, comments, or concerns. We currently still have, for a limited time only, the offer up for all fans and all eligible listeners, where if you email us a question, you will be entered into a very small drawing to win a $15 gift card to Tennis Warehouse. So that will still be open for next uh, next couple weeks, and looking forward to getting the final couple uh, entrants into that and then picking a winner. Absolutely. We're looking forward to that. and. We love fan interaction, guys. If uh, love to get uh, you know that gift card out to someone, the holidays are upon us, Matt. So there's nothing wrong with having a little uh, some extra you, tennis money to play I, with. Alex, I think you are more generous to our fans than you are me. I think I probably am. You son of mm, mm, just I probably am nickeling and diming me whenever you get a chance. I know, I know. I'm sorry, but I'm sorry. our relationship aside. It has been a great week for U.S. men's tennis. In fact, I would argue Probably to the say, best week in years. Yes, absolutely. I would, yeah, I would probably say since maybe, in my opinion, I would say this is the best week since Andy Roddick was playing back in like 2010. Yeah. Maybe, I think the only week, and as much as I hate to say this, the only comparison might have been... Sam Query's semifinal run at Wimbledon. However, a semifinal that only gives you was about 800, 800 points or so in a slam. I think so. Yeah, it's eight hundred. Whereas Jack Sock just won a Masters. For those that don't know, yeah. which I would expect all of our fans to know by now, Jack Sock won in a third set. Uh, you know, really just great match. Uh, the Paris Masters over this past weekend. Uh, fantastic for Sock. Obviously, it's his first Masters title, let alone ATP 500 title. So this is a huge, huge title for Jack Sock. Uh, he went up about 13 spots now, is currently staying at number nine, and will just barely squeak in now to the London qualify or to the London uh, finals now. So he'll be qualifying uh, for London and be among one of the top eight players to play next week. Yeah. So. Uh, like Matt just said to all the listeners out there, I mean, this is, I mean, the biggest title American man's man has won since 2010. No one has won a Masters yet. Obviously, no Grand Slam winner since uh, that time either. And just extremely proud of Jack Sock. I mean, you, I don't think anyone legitimately expected Jack Sock to win the Paris tournament period. Well, it, it's so um, funny just to put it in perspective and speaking of Masters, Jack Sock and John Isner actually had a tea time in Augusta where the actual Masters golf tournament is played um, during the London finals, the ATP finals. So none of them, yeah, really? <laughs> so none of them expected to be there. Of course, 
John Isner, you know, was keeping his expectations realistic and knew he probably wouldn't make it. Oh, okay. And okay. now, to the defense, too, Jack Sock. Jack Sock had no idea he was even in the running. I, I think it was when he got to semifinals or even the quarterfinals that somebody told him that he could still technically qualify with a win. And here yeah. he is. He, he won, and, and he's going. And John Isner will be sitting at home. Yeah, along with, you know what, okay, same query, Matt, was on his couch probably auditioning for a second season Millionaire Matchmaker, while John Isner at least got to the semifinals of a master tournament, so I don't want to hear no crap. Anywho. Did uh, I tell you that Jack Sock is my favorite U.S. men's tennis player? Yeah, he is now, you bandwagon. <laughs> um, but, uh, but in all seriousness, I mean, this is huge for Jack Sock after, honestly, Matt, I mean, he did win three titles this year, which I'm still trying to figure it out was how. In ja- well, yeah, it was it. It was Auckland in January, and then the prestigious Delray Beach, Beach, which in he February. got a wall. Didn't he? I think he got a walk over. Oh, over Milos Raonic. Yeah, yeah, over Raonic. Yeah. I don't even. I don't even know if they played, but I, I remember seeing. I that. don't think they did. I think yeah. he pulled out before, um, before the final. And what was his third? I mean, well, this year, I mean, obviously London. Was his third? Um, well, really, after that, Paris. he kind of. I mean, after that, he kind of, you know, tanked this year. His performance at slams this year Terrible. is just pathetic. Pathetic. Yeah. Um, I don't think did he get past the second well, round? Any of them? He did. Um, he he got to third. Only he one got, well, he got to third round of the Australian Open. So it's right around when he was doing pretty. Uh, you know, he he was doing pretty good. But yeah. yeah, so he got got the third round of the Australian Open, first round of the French Open, second round of Wimbledon, and then first round of the U.S. Open. So really, d- didn't do too well. However, we have to make note that he's his performance at Masters has been pretty respectable. He made it to semifinals of Indian Wells and the quarterfinals of Miami. So really, what's been carrying Jack Sox rank? throughout the year was his really just fabulous performance during the first three months of the uh, of the season from January through March. After that, I mean, he didn't get beyond the third round of a Masters, and it only happened once in Rome this year. So he, he's really had some pretty eh, mediocre, mediocre at best performances, but his early performances allowed him to maintain a good rank and kept him within striking distance, and he had virtually no, if any, points to defend here here at the Paris Masters. And what do you know? He wins the whole thing. Absolutely nuts. Yeah, I mean, that's... You can't dial it up better than that, I guess. And, you know I mean? and who has a better... Uh, Alex, in all seriousness, what American player, really, active, has a better resume than a better overall resume than sock i mean he has a he has a bronze medal in doubles he has a gold medal in mixed doubles he's now won the masters uh, a masters tournament he won wimbledon in doubles i mean uh, going top to bottom who else has that i don't know it's i don't it's he's making a good argument now for best american male player i mean I think the one thing he is lacking is um, just the sheer number of titles. But with at the end of the day, I mean, he's got a Masters title. I mean, that's really big time. A lot of great tennis players 
retire and never win a Masters. I mean, think about a guy like David Ferrer. I think he's only won one, you know. Um, has 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 David Ferrer even won yeah, one? Yeah, he has. He he, he won sure. Paris a few years ago. Oh, okay. Um, but I think that's his only one, though, you know. So, it, did, I mean, what does this mean for Sock? Is he now the flag bearer of U.S. tennis? In I don't all think so yet. I mean, I just don't think, I mean... I mean, he's only he only has four titles. I mean, this year was obviously year of his career with three, um, but he only won Houston in twenty fifteen, and he I don't think he's been consistent. And he doesn't go deep enough at slams. Um, I think to to take that mantle away from I mean, in my opinion, John is or in your opinion, Sam Query. Um, so I think my question is going forward, given Sox you know, kind of inconsistency in the past is how is he going to process this? Is this the breakthrough win he needs to say, okay, I can hang with the big boys? Or if you look at the draw that Sock had to go through, not super tough. I think the only player ranked higher than him that he had to beat was Lucas Pouli. Does, yeah, does, um, does Sock kind of keep doing what he was doing in the past? And it's this tournament... I hate to say it, kind of a gimmick in a way. I mean, you think about it, you had so many top-ranked players out of this tournament. I mean, obviously, Novak and Andy are out, stands out. Nadal withdrew. Chilich got beat. Fed wasn't there. Burdich wasn't there. That That's a very fair point. But going back to our fans, if you listen to what I'd said earlier, October, and I, I guess in this case, bleeding into November, I thought it was such a great opportunity for American men to snag some points because you're right, it's towards the end of the season. A lot of people are injured. A lot of people have different priorities going on at this stage. And, you know, they're happy with what they've had. So that should free up the field. And the month of October has the most points available or is tied for the second most points available with, I believe it is May? I want to say it's either May, May or July. It's totally escaping me right now. So it's a great. It was a great point for our Americans to go ahead, grab some points, and go ahead in the rankings. Especially somebody like Sock, who hadn't made it too far in a lot of these major tur- tournaments and kept having to leave earlier. Uh, and finally, somebody did. It just took the very last tournament we had of the year to actually see somebody really have a breakthrough. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, Alex, as far as expectations for Sock and everything, I, I think there's a couple interesting points to bring up with Sock. Um, and I've seen it myself uh, one time. Is Number one, he tends to cramp up, especially when he goes late into these ter- tournaments. Yeah. Uh, and we, we saw that the U.S. Men's Clay Colt Championships back in April of 2018. Back in April of 2016, he took the first set easily against Juan Monaco, hailing from Argentina, 6-3, and then just kind of fell apart yeah. from there. Yeah, I think he, he well, he's been working, Matt, with Jay Berger, um, an ATP coach who's been on tour for a while, and he, that's a, I think that's a newer relationship, and I think the, that the fitness is much better for Sock. Um, so I don't think we're going to see that much anymore. Um so I, I, I'm not too concerned about that. Um, but, yeah, he, he did have those concerns in the past. And I, I think, like I was saying a few minutes ago, not to beat the dead horse, but I just – it's really hard to tell what's going to happen from here out. You know, I, 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 I think it will be a good thing for Sock. 
at the end of the day, I mean, he's ranked number nine in the world. He can play tennis. You know, this is not like some, you know, uh, journeyman that just screwed around and won a Masters like the other guy he was playing in the final. Um, this is, you know, accomplished tennis player. I want to say I think this will finally give him the confidence to say, okay, I can go deep in slams. You know, I need to be making the fourth round, the quarterfinals. That should just be expected. And I've heard from other people in the tennis community that Jack Sock is actually, um, I'm I'm trying to think of the term, when it comes to the knowledge of the game, or I guess maybe you could even say mentally, it's just weak. Oh, really? No, he doesn't see, yeah. I've heard he's very mentally weak, and his tennis IQ, I know this sounds, especially coming from me, a little, you know, ridiculous, (laughs) but apparently his tennis IQ, however you measure that, is pretty low compared to other uh, players of, of of, you know, stature and and rank. It's just not that great. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people just see him. He just kind of kind of goes out there, and, and, and he's not really thinking two, three, four, five point, points ahead. He's just thinking about oh, oh, hits ahead rally. He's just thinking about you know, that one rally right there, yeah, and then. So I think that's something to think about, and that I know he's struggling with. I know, I, uh, you know, even Johnny Mac was talking to him during the changeover. Uh, of that big tournament we just recently had. Yeah, Labor Cup. That's one of the thing. Yeah, the, th- thank you. Totally spaced now here, in the Labor Cup, and he was telling Sock everything. It's like, look, you have everything. You have the backhand. You have the movement. He, he moves great. His movement is honestly probably some of the best of all of our American men right now out there. Sure. You just have to put it together mentally, and I think that's a big big thing with Sock. I think you nailed around the head. It's his confidence. It's his mental game, and then kind of raising his ten- tennis IQ on top of making sure he can stay hydrated and shape and not just cramp over. I might be misspeaking. He had to retire against Batista Gut in 2016 Auckland, I believe, for cramping as well. Yeah. That was two back-to-back finals he was in yeah. because of cramping. So, and that, that's now almost two years now, and I would expect him to hopefully be over that now. And yeah. the expectation, I, where do we go here now, Alex, with the expectation for Sock? Especially, keep in mind, it's going to be huge coming into the Australian Open, which will be just around the corner. And he's going to have points to defend at Auckland and Delroy Del, uh, Beach. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that, we're, I think American men, American tennis fans want consistency in the slams. You know, and they're getting that a little bit from Sam Query now. And I, I think that's where the next expectation for Jack's Hawk has to be. I mean, no one gives two craps about Houston or Auckland, blah, 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 or Delray Beach. You know, at the end of the day, um, we want guys going deep in the slams. You know, so I think that's where your our attention is going to be pointed to. I'm glad you finally admit that and know that Query is the one. Bearing the flag in well, respect. Well, we, we can go back to that debate any time. Um, well, with that e- said, even Isner said, even Isner said he was very disappointed to be knocked out of Paris early. And he acknowledged that, uh, he said, you know, I finished within the 11th or 19th spot over the past, you know, five, six, seven yeah. years. You know, it, it, it's been consistent, but 
consistency can kind of get old sometimes. Like you see it sometimes even in college football where you have a coach of a great team and he keeps going eight and four, nine and three, maybe a seven five, maybe an eight and four again, and eventually they they get tired of being one or two wins away from being great. Yeah, sure. And I sure. think, in all honesty, yes, I like to pick fun at Isner. Isner's a fantastic player. I cheer for him whenever I get a chance. But the consistency is like, it's so hard cheering for Isner for me because he's right. It's like he's right there on the edge, but I'm sorry, he has ground strokes of somebody you'll find in the top 150. He just happens to have the best serve possibly ever yeah. on tour. And that's why he is where he's at. Yeah, yeah, I, I I agree. I mean, it's um, it'll just be interesting to see. I don't know. I really have no clue. Um, now, how, how does offhand? I, I don't know, Alex. How does Jack Sox serve compare to some of the other players on tour? I mean, is it as fast as like a Sam Queen? No, it's a he Sox games is interesting because he holds the grip. I don't know if it's the the full Western or the full Eastern. Essentially. Very similar to how Nadal serves and hits forehand to backhands. I mean, he has actually, I think he's the only player on tour, like, you know, within the top 200 that has more RPMs on his forehand than Nadal does um, consistently. Um, So his forehand's crazy good. I think his serve is pretty reliable. It's not going to break down very often. You're not going to get a lot of double faults because of just the sheer amount of spin that it's got on it. Um, I think his backhand is very average. I was watching him a lot, um, watching his backhand a lot in his match, and I just it kind of reminded me of like almost an Andy Roddick backhand. Like you're not gonna. It's it's pretty. It's very average. And I mean that in a sense that it's not a liability, but he's not going to be hitting, he he's not going to be turning a lot of defense into offense with his backhand. You know, he's not going to be hitting winners uh, with his backhand. Um, you know, so that's that's that. But like I said, it's not a liability. It's not a liability. It's not an issue. I think what's great about Sox game is that given the amount of doubles he plays and how amazing he is at doubles. Like a year or two ago, he was statistically one of the best doubles players on tour. Whenever he comes to the net, it's just like game over. You know, if he can get his ball, um, if he can get his racket on a volley, I mean, he's got to have an 80 to 85% chance of winning a point. And, and remember this. I remember seeing a highlight in actually last year's Masters when Sock went up against Isner. He returned one of Isner's first serves. Which yeah. is a fear hand. Yeah, no, I remember what you did. Like yeah. it was nothing. Yeah, I remember that. And I mean that that that's impressive. Cause I'm sorry, if I went up against a John Isner serve, I mean, I, I if he nailed me right in the noggin, it, it'd probably be you know manslaughter. I I, I mean sure. I can't imagine that. Let alone hitting with just a fear hand down the uh, down the ad court. It, it was very impressive. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. It's uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, so here's a question for you, Alex. Is, I mean, is Jack Sock right now where you're sitting, does he have the best chance of all the Americans right now to be our next Grand Slam winner? Yes. Really? Yeah, you I think gi- so. You give him, really, so you give him ahead of Query, Isner, and Tiafo to, to be, not to win a Grand Slam, but to be the next one to win a Grand Slam. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't see Israel winning a Grand Slam. I don't see Query winning one either. Um, and I don't, I, I don't disagree with you there. Yeah, I mean, I, I could be wrong on Query. I hope I am. Um, I, I hope I'm I, wrong on John. Yeah, I'd like I mean, to well, see him win. He'd yeah, be great. Of course. Oh, yeah, I would. Oh, I would be in heaven. But um, I think Tiafo has the talent to win one in a few years. I think, um, I think Ernesto Ernesto Escobedo has the talent as well but that's gonna Escobedo. be a long that's gonna be a really? long a long way out a long way out i'm talking like eight or nine years down the road but i mean i, I think i just have to agree yes when jack Sock's playing well if he could get into a tournament where maybe roth is hurt roger loses and you know one of those grand slams i mean i don't see anybody else having a better shot than him you know, mm-hmm. maybe a Sam Query in that same situation just because he has a lot more um, experience on tour. And big game. You know, this thing, Sam, Sam Query has beat big-time opponents, and we know from reading other articles and, and hearing from people close to Jack, he does struggle mentally. And put yourself in Jack Sock's shoes. You said it just a few minutes ago, Alex. Sure, he want one of Masters, which is a humongous deal. But in his head, if he's in a tight match against a Djokovic or is walking on court against a Roger Federer or whomever, he might think, okay, I won a Masters, yeah, but who the heck did I beat? Yeah. I beat some Serb who was ranked 77 at the time, and it took me three sets to do it? Like, uh, you know, yeah. so I, 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 I'm wondering how much he's really putting internally uh, on that Masters that, that, that he just won, you know, because when, when push comes to shove, when there's a lot of pressure on him, is he really going to be able to mentally lean back on that as a confidence builder? Or is it just going to be like, well, yeah, I, I got lucky because, like yeah. you said, Nadal and Fed weren't in it. Yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a good question. But anyways, Matt, I think we need to pivot a little bit and – just touch on the next-gen finals. I know we spoke about this before, but it starts off tomorrow, uh, the 7th, and our boy Jared Donaldson is going uh, to be facing off against, let's see, I forgot the guy's name here. He will be playing... Is it Medvedev? No, Borna Korich. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, two things about the next-gen finals to laugh at. So... Online, and I didn't read the rules that tightly, but it, it was like the first seven players to qualify. And this didn't make sense to me because you need like an even number of players for a tournament, you know. Um, I mean, you always kind of have one alternate in case somebody gets hurt, but that's not the case here. So I figured out what they were doing with the eighth spot. They were having, they had this wild card tournament of like the top. Um, the top Italian 21 and under players, there was like eight, so there's like six or eight Italian guys had like a little mini tournament in the same format as the next-gen final, so like first to four, you know, type of deal. Why blah, Italian? Blah, blah. I, I don't know. Because understand. it's, in, it's, oh, it's Milan. in Milan. Oh, Milan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, so, but it's so funny. So I'm looking at the ranks of these guys. You've got Rublev at 37. Karen Kochanov at 45, Shapovalov 51, Korich 48, 
Donaldson 55, you got Chung at 54, and Medvedev at 65. Then you have Gianluigi Quizzini at three <laughs> at 306. He's Italian. And his best tournament finish was the second round at Marrakech. Okay, so be- I don't even know if that's a. T- Tour level target. So be, be, before I call absolute horse crap on this, do they plan on doing the next gen finals again next year? And is it going to be the same format? Because when's the U.S. going to get? So you know, maybe I could qualify. Yeah. It sounds because it sounds like I might have a chance. Yeah. That, right. I mean, in all <laughs> seriousness, good grief! I saw that guy. I was like, who the heck is he? Yeah, how could I couldn't because I saw they were having some next gen like some. Some matches, or like a few days ago, I was like, "This is way too early for the tournament," and I I didn't recognize any of their names, so I finally figured it out. Um, and apparently, the guy had um, actually won a Grand Slam titles in juniors and reached um, number one in the juniors, but he just hasn't had a lot ton of success on the tour. Well, you know, pizza would do that to you. Sure, a sure. lot of carbs so, down there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. A lot of carbs, maybe hanging out with BG, getting some butt ice. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but I thought that was just very random and whatnot. And th- have you heard about the controversy around the draw ceremony last night? No, I, this is news to me. Yeah, so it was news to me too. So, And I've watched a little clip on it, and it, it, it's kind of funny. So apparently it, they had this draw ceremony. So there's two groups. You got group A and group B, right? So they had these models and the whole the whole idea was like it's Milan, you know, the fashion capital of the world type of deal, like beautiful models and women everywhere. Like so all of the players had like a model assigned to them. They'll walk down this runway and then you, at the end of the runway, they either took a left for Group B or like a right for Group A, right? So that was all fine and dandy if you think about it. But the problem was these models were like pulling the letters. Like either they were taking like some of their, not like their tops, like they were in like, you know, in a bra or something. But they were taking like their coat off to reveal like the letter was like on their back or one of them had like this kind of like a very I am risque, watching this now. Exactly. Like a, this a very long, risque awful. lingerie thing and like she lifted up her skirt and like a B like the letter B was like on And they the have side. to like and it looks like the players are having to like reach for it or something and this looks I First of all, this looks like it's in like a Motel Six ballroom. Yes, it looks so bad. I mean, <laughs> this is if, if, if it wasn't, it's I, it's not even that it's sexist. I mean, I guess you could make an argument that it is, but it's just so awkward and bad. I mean, you can tell the players themselves are like, "Holy wow, hell!" It like, looks like get me off of this stage uh, now. It looks like it, nobody. It, it was they done do so poorly. Be there. Oh my! Oh yeah! And then the, there's a guy from South Korea. Looks terrible. Looks like a wall. He's yeah. Oh, I mean, and it's no. so funny because all these all these guys like 21 and bless their hearts, they just don't know how to dress very well yet. I mean, they've got more money than God. So I mean, you thought they you think they could get like a a stylist well, or something, but like not they the look guy goofy. Then it's like these models who are like oh lord pulling out these letters from you know underneath their skirts and stuff and 
it just was so Dude, the, tacky. Okay, the la- just for those who haven't had, who are maybe driving and can't can't watch it, you need to just just Google next gen ATP ceremony yes. and it'll come up. There's this one woman at the end who is dressed in for lack of a term, I guess like Japanese like like a ja- Japanese like garb type type of thing, or very flowery or whatever. But then she turns her back to the crowd. And then slowly, like, drops, like, her robe off. Oh, I didn't see that one. I, I mean, thankfully, she still has a lot of clothes on everything. And it's not too, you know, risque. But for a hot seconds, like, what is she showing it? Oh, this is very awkward. You know, poor Medvedev. You know what I mean? I mean, he looks like he hasn't even hit puberty yet. I mean, I, I can say that in all honesty. I, I, I was standing right next to him in Winston Salem Open. And Alex was like, hey, that's Medvedev. I'm like... Uh, no, I'm pretty sure that's a local middle school tennis player. <laughs> I was like, oh no, it's only one of the best tennis players on tour right now. One of the youngest ones, young up and coming ones. So, uh, wow, very, this is just awful, terribly done. It's bad. It's bad, period, period. Um, but anyways, Matt, in conclusion, I want to, I think we need to, um, just mention quickly, uh, the American Mover of the Week award last week where there was another great challenger uh, at UVA, the Boar's Head Club. Uh, some, a guy that we've mentioned a few times on the podcast, uh, Tim Smichek, had a, got his first ch- uh, title in a few years, Matt, and he is on the move. Yeah, he is. It's, it's good to finally see him him actually have some experience unfortunately he came at the expense of our boy tenny sangren who just god help him continues to be the number one or number two seed of these challengers and just continues to go down but tim semichek uh, is very uh deserving of this spot he moved up 31 spots up to 150 after claiming the charlottesville title uh his just a little interesting note his last win Came against Rampress back in 2015 um, in in Dallas. So you're right. It really has been quite some time for, for Tim S- Simichek. Uh, I would say probably a true definition of a journeyman. He did hit a top ranking of 68 and now is currently ranked 158. So hopefully this will give him some good momentum you know, going forward. And... Our, our idea behind this weekly segment is to not only highlight somebody that maybe moved up the highest amount of spots. It's not ju- just about that, but it's about highlighting, you know, particular individuals uh, as we follow them along uh, along the pathway and, and along for future success. So congratulations to Tim Semichek. We'll be keeping an eye on him. Uh, I will. I believe he will be in Knoxville. Is he in the draw in Knoxville, Alex? that's going on i believe i'm looking at that right now he did he um, did claim that tournament um actually that was the one uh before he beat rampress back in 2013 so hopefully he can go back and reclaim his crown there yeah he is in the main draw of knoxville yeah so the last um challenge i think of the year matt in america is going to be it's already kicked off in knoxville tennessee that I believe they're playing on the university of tennessee uh campus in there uh in their indoors indoor courts and another absolutely stacked field you've got our my boy escobedo for tangelo taylor fritz is going to be there christian harris tommy paul is making an appearance 
Yeah, uh, Kevin King, a big fan. Bradley Klon, love him. Stefan Kozlov, who's been having a great year as well. Uh, Mitchell Kruger, Dennis Kudla, who just won the doubles title at um, at uh, Charlottesville. Mackenzie McDonald, Michael Moe, Raleigh Opelka, Noah Rubens back. Tennis Sangren again, Braden Schnur. Um, it's a stacked field. Uh, UNC alum. It's, it's just yeah, stacked. and you got JP. Yeah, John Patrick Smith, who's actually a University of Tennessee graduate. Um, and Tennis Sangren played at University of Tennessee as well. He just played there for a year or two, then went pro. Both those guys actually facing off in the first round. So we've got some college tennis there represented as well. So yeah, it's uh, it's going to be fun now, to watch. Alex. Just before we close, you know. For those that don't know, Tim Semitrack, he's been been on tour for a while. He went pro in 2006. He's currently 29 years of age. Uh, you know, uh, unfortunately, really hasn't had too much success in some of the upper le- level ter- uh, tournaments. You know, like the 250s and especially your slams. With his best uh, showing is uh, looks like a third round of the U.S. Open. I mean, what? At the age of tw- 29, what are the expectations for Tim Semichek for 2018? Yeah, I mean, I think he, I think right now, if you're Tim Semichek, you're really wanting to get into that 110 to 100, top 100 ranking. I mean, because that is going to give you a shot to kind of get into some of the main draw of the slams. You know, or certainly it's going to give you a shot to get in to get in the challengers of the slams, and not to mention at that point you're definitely getting into main draws of a lot of 250s and 500s on american soil and i think that's just weird for him you want to be because that's where you can make the money you know i mean quite frankly uh that's i think where he's headed towards hopefully um this is a good you know jolt for him used to live with john is they actually might still be roommates they were roommates for quite a while down in florida um so hopefully he hopefully he can get back to it yeah, definitely keeping our fingers crossed for him and wishing him continued success. And we'll be we will also be watching, keeping a close eye on the Knoxville final. So even though we are now coming into the closing ceremony, if you will, of the 2017 tennis uh, tennis season, there's still a couple tournaments that we'll be keeping an eye on, and we will still be broadcasting on a weekly basis and dropping new episodes on SoundCloud and iTunes. So, Alex, I think that does it for us this week. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for listening, and until next week.